podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 44 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, where this week we're going to be talking through the ultimate Everton Premier League 11. It's Lukaku! It's Carsley, and it's a goal! Van Cahill is onside! Davis Coleman! Ladies and gentlemen, Will be Baines who hits one! Oh! What a goal that is! Uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome via Skype call once again, El Pivote Andy McGregor. Andy, thanks for uh, coming on, mate, in these in these very very strange times. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see Lee again. He's always on holiday when I'm on the podcast lately, so it's <laughs> nice to see him again. Sad off. <laughs> well, now say something it? more exclusive then. I'm not on the PGA tour, some said. Trying like, to get my card, mate. Trying to get my card. Yeah. I told you, I told you last time I beat him with a frying pan. I've told you that. Tin cup. <laughs> Tin cup. Great show. Tin cup. But it's um, it's real, real strange and difficult times for, for everyone. Um, but I think it's, I said this the other day when I, I did a quick video clip on, on Switch. It's important that we do to try and keep the conversation going. And if we can do, uh, lift, lift people's spirits and that's what we're going to try and do today. Now, whether it lifts people's spirits is one thing because I'm sure there's going to be some controversial picks when it comes to the ultimate Everton Premier League 11 from the four of us. We've been doing polls for the last few days on Twitter. I know the side, you three weren't particularly privy to it, which is, which is good. So I'll, I'll release that as we, as we go along. But there's only one place to start, isn't there? We've got a starting goal. And is it really worth having a conversation about who should be in goal? Yes. <laughs> Go on, Andy. You start with that one, mate. Uh, right. <clears throat> so I'll pre- pre- preface this by saying that everyone who's an Everton fan is likely to pick Neville Southall. However, Neville Southall for me is not the best goalkeeper in the Premier League era for Everton. That goalkeeper will be Nigel Martin, who backstopped us to the top four. I think Nigel Martin's best for Everton was best than Neville's best in the Premier League. I think Neville was good, don't be wrong. Still, he obviously backstopped us to being FA Cup champions. But I think that Nigel Martin was better in the Premier League. Neville is obviously an all-time great, probably one of the best goalkeepers ever. But in the Premier League, Nigel Martin for me. Michael, 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 Nigel Martin was, was a very, very good goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong. We signed him two or three years too late for me. And the the not even the best Neville Southall, but the Neville Southall of the Premier League era. So we, we, got about, we got about five or six seasons from Neville. But still, for me, he's just a cut above, isn't he? He's a, he's, and, and I'm no league with me because he's Welsh. Well, I've got big Nevin, yeah. Not just for that reason, but also for the fact that yeah, he, he just. I know. I know what you're saying, Andy. In terms of Nigel Martin, I, I do think wasn't he due to sign for us? Wasn't he before he was on his way to Everton and then detoured to Leeds or something? Is that a true story? Or didn't he came out and said something like he was he was going to sign for us? Wasn't he, Nigel Martin? About two or three years earlier. 
we, we were definitely linked with Nigel Martin at two or three years earlier, and there was definitely talk, and we, we were in for him. Um, and then, obviously, the, these things then didn't didn't materialise. But I think if we would have got Nigel Martin two or three years earlier, we could have then we could then be sitting here for me talking about him as being our best Premier League goalkeeper. Um, in Andy's eyes, he is, um, which is a little bit strange, but. That's just, well, that's just how it is. <laughs> the, the derby with him and Dudek were absolutely out of this world. The nil-nil. It was the performances from Nigel Martin. I think were just. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit more recency bias. I, I, you know, I'm 33, so Neville played for Everton when I was what between the ages of seven and 11, 12. So that probably there is some bias towards a later player. But I just think that Nigel Martin was better for me in the Premier League year anyway. What, what about Neville, Neville Southall in the 1995 FA Cup final? Oh, he was superb. Yeah, you know, what a performance. That was saved get... from goals, wasn't it? Yes. You don't get much better. Don't be wrong, Neville's away was world-class goalkeeper. I just think that by the time I saw him for me, and in my time in the Premier League, he just wasn't as good as Nigel Martin. But... What, what I'd say as well, Neville Southall had to wear some terrible goalie kits. And you, <laughs> you've got to have a resilience and a professionalism to pull on that black and yellow kit. Yeah, to it's a depression from going out there looking like that, I agree. But the black one, the all-black number, Jason Curtin special, that was great. That was a great oh, kit. Oh, yeah, the NEC one. With yeah, the, yeah. yeah that, was, that was a nice one, that. And, and Neville, to be fair, he could pull anything off. He, he wore some harlots for, for Wales back in the day as well, didn't he? Um, but... Yeah, there was some crackers. Someone put a tweet out actually the other day with with a few of the old Everton goalie tops on and the you know massively nostalgic. Some some fantastic umbro numbers there. But are you agreeing, Pete, with Neville Southall? Are you saying Neville, or are you you going with Nigel Martin, or are you going with 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 Jason Keaton? Maybe. I'm I'm going with with Southall because um, I I I think Andy's right. I think toward the end of his career, yeah, he wasn't the same player that uh, won the PFA in in 1985, but he did win us a trophy, uh, and I think early on he, yeah, he was putting some solid performances. But I was going to ask the three of you, other than Southall and Nigel Martin, who would be your number two? Who would be on the bench? I think Howard, Howard actually had a spell before. Obviously, you know, he should have left us probably two seasons before he should have done. I thought he was a decent keeper under Moises', Moises prime era when we had a decent back four. You know, I think I think Tim Howard is. A notable mention. I know, obviously, everyone remembers the last couple of years where he, you know, the wheels fell off a little bit and he was making howlers. But I think Howard deserves a mention for me. I think that's key. I think with with, with Howard, I think a lot of people remember those last two years. And unfortunately, due to the financial situation, players like him, Osman, maybe even it, Phil Neville, who we'll discuss, but obviously, they held on too long. And the abiding memory of them is being, you know, Tim Howard was a starfish goalie. If you remember by the end, he used to get beat with that starfish dive that he used to do. And I think that's affected his legacy with Everton. I think he actually was a really good goalkeeper. I wouldn't say he was a t- you know, top five goalkeeper in the Premier League, but just outside that top five, I think he was a really good goalkeeper for a long time. I think people probably should cut him some slack, really. I, I think with Tim Howard, now we we sort of not not grew up, but you know, in in our twenties, he was he was our goalkeeper um, in Leeds in Leeds forties, um, and um, he was one of those where, I mean, you look back at that save was it, it was against Graziano Pelle for Southampton that header when it loops yeah, it over, awesome. uh, that that that's that's potentially for me one of the best saves I've ever seen in the Premier League. That was an unbelievable save, and he scored a goal. Yes. Against Bolton, a windy, windy, yeah, yeah, windy 
Yeah. Didn't he make an amazing save from a penalty once as well, where he like tipped on the bar? There's one yeah, yeah, Aston Villa, wasn't it? Villa yeah, Park, yeah. which is a great save. Tim Howard for me was good. As much as Neville got us to the, you know, won this FA Cup, Tim Howard played in the final for Everton as a goalkeeper. You know, I think obviously on another day, Zaha scores 30 minutes later, it's a different game. But, you know, he was a good goalkeeper. As I say, I don't think he's in the same class as Martin or Southall for the entirety of his career. But for Everton, he was a really good goalkeeper. And I'll be honest, I'd like him back now. <laughs> The, the, thing is, the thing is, credit where it's due. Sorry, yeah, credit where it's due. I think conducting himself brilliantly, didn't he? Was an ultimate professional. Had, let's be fair, had a very good international career in a pretty yeah. mediocre team, and pretty much got on to be yeah one one of the most famous keepers you know around it just because of his status with the states, really. Which we never took advantage of, sadly. No, exactly. Yeah. I think it was the Belgian Mike, you were going to mention. 2014. Go on, Mike, sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, I just going to say that the three that were in the votes that, that, that I put in the vote were Neville Southall, Nigel Martin and Tim Howard. So that, that sort of, you could see where the discussion was going to go. I don't think we've been massively blessed. I don't think with, with goalkeepers, you look back at what we've had. I didn't mind, we said that off air before, Thomas Marger was, was, was half decent. Um, yeah, you know, Paul Gerrard wasn't particularly good. Steve, Steve Simonson, uh, Jan oh, Muckett. I was going to say, Jan Mucker's one-match performance <laughs> against City should always be remembered. The game I remember Goodison gasping for every time someone took a shot. Yeah, I know. I mean, you think back as well. I remember Stefan Vettel's being in goal. Um, on, was it against Oldham in the Cuff, FA Cuff, and he got beaten 1-0? Uh, and he, oh, he was, he was shocking. Yeah, yeah. Espen Yeah, that's Espen Bardson, Sander Vesterveld. You know, they, they, there's some cracking names. Do you remember that? We, we, didn't we, didn't we, I'm sure we broke... Uh, a record for Richard Wright as well. Remember that at the time. Three times, didn't we? Simonson, Gerard, Wright. Yeah. I think we brought we paid big money for yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure we'll all agree. Right. He was awful, wasn't he? Well, they were all they were all worthy of that uh, of the massive transfer fees at the time as well. I'm sure you can agree. Um, but it shows you, yeah, that that top three is the top three for me in the Premier League for Everton. You know, and I, I don't think you know our, our current number one. I don't think he comes close to to those three. Um, but I do, you, I do think with Pickford though I do think you look at someone like Nigel Martin keepers tend to cut out more mistakes as they get older don't they normally do you know what I mean they do tend to mature I think the problem with Pickford you know it's a bit, he's a great shot stopper but he just loses lapses in concentration doesn't he oh yeah massively I'm not, so I'm not yeah. Nothing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah and Andy will stay quiet but massively so and we've discussed Pickford over the the last 12, 18 months, haven't we? You know, sometimes he looks absolutely terrific and other times he looks awful and that whether the club decides to address that in the next transfer window remains to be seen but as I say, I don't think he comes, he's in the level of, of the three, the three just mentioned there but I've written it down as we go and as it's the the uh, the public who was voting, they, they agree Neville Southall, 90% of the vote that he should be our Premier League number one. So we I've, I've got that written down so we're going to move swiftly forward and on to the Another spot which I don't think is is going to cause many many uh, discussions and many surprises, and that's that's left back. Yeah, there's no one answer, isn't there? Let's be honest. Yeah, and and he's and, and let's be honest, he's criminally underrated as well. I think as time goes on and people look back, you know, people do you know that there's companies that look back on you know the data of Messi, for example. There's not many left backs who perform at the level Leighton Baines did between that you know, 2008 and 2014-15. I just think he's unquestionably one of Everton's best players in the Premier League here, and never mind the best left back. 
totally agree. Totally agree with that. I think um, Leighton has been an absolute credit to the club, consummate professional, technically a brilliant footballer. You know, that's why he's been able to play even now at a, at a strong level because of his ability as a footballer. But, you know, when we signed him from Wigan, you know, and, and he's, you know, he's got on to be what he has. I mean, I kind of almost agree with Martinez. I think he was good enough to even potentially play in midfield. He's still the best passer of the club, I think, even now. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there was never, never any kind of question was there when it came to this this position that Leighton Baines would be uh, would not be be the number one. Um, he's just like you said, then Andy. For so many years, he was so good. You could say that he was unlucky in terms of his his England um, appearances. Obviously, with having Ashley Cole, someone who was very very good. I I might be biased, but I rate Leighton Baines higher than Ashley Cole. And that's just my personal opinion. As you say, he's so underrated and undervalued by everyone, I think, outside of the club. But I think as an all-round left-back, he was better for me. Who broke his record for most assists in the Premier League? I was just trying to find out. For a full-back or...? Yeah, for uh, a full-back. As a defender, yeah. He's got 301 one appearances, 29 goals, 50 assists. I think he's still top, you know. I'm I think sure it's obviously Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold will probably challenge that one day, but I don't think anyone's yeah, got will. that close. I can't think you'd get that close. I mean, 50 assists in 300 games at full-back is impressive, isn't it? You know what I mean? That's very It's also impressive. the numerous chances he created. You think about, you know, assists obviously show when people's put the chance away, but he's created so many chances that we could have put away, like real quality chances, and consistently every game, whether it was from free kicks, corners, or even from open play, he's just such a good player. Don't be wrong, he wasn't perfect defensively, but he was good enough defensively we could defend 1v1 v good players, and he wouldn't look out of place. Obviously, as he got older, that changed, but such a great player. He had such a good partnership with Pienaar, didn't he, getting up that left-hand side? Oh, mate, at times, at times... That partnership retired Gary Neville, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it, literally, those two at times, the, the little inverted runs, the little touches, the little back heels, both of them just brilliant technicians, weren't they? It was the best left-hand side in, in the league for a number of years, wasn't it? The, you know, the, the two of them were telepathic when it came to knowing where the other, the other person was. And the, those two, for me, are within my top five Everton players of all time. It might fit for me personally, who I've seen, because... Over, say, two or three years, they were absolutely exceptional. Um, and when yeah. P&R moved to Tottenham, that was an absolute travesty for, for that left-hand side of us. Totally was, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a story and a half, isn't it? <laughs> Obviously, there was the, they wanted a new contract, didn't they? But yeah, that, them two, if you remember, a tactic late in games when we were winning was just give the ball to them in the corner and they just keep it between themselves for 10 minutes with everyone else stands up with their hands on the other side. So they, they were just yeah. so good together. And I think... It's hard to mention, you know, one without the other in some ways, but Baines alone was just such a great player. Like, you know, he could have graced the better side than Everton. You know, he could have probably played for you know, European giants such as Bayern Munich or teams of that yeah. He was that good technically. Yeah, loyalty needs to be mentioned there, definitely. Uh, and also, you know, Moyes came in for him. There's a chance he could have gone there. He stayed loyal to us then. And also as well, how can we not mention, you know, some of the free kicks he scored over the years as well? I mean... <laughs> West Ham. Unbelievable. Oh, West Ham. I mean, you know, two, two in, two. he basically did a Kevin Sheedy, didn't he? One in one top bin, one in the other. You know what I mean? And, yeah, he's got to be remembered as one of the Premier League's best free kick takers as well. 
penalty takers as well. I remember De Gea saved that penalty for the first time. It was a dark day. And I know we got beat that day, but even so, it was just a dark day. They played in Baines, apparently, Mr. Ben. Well, yeah. De Gea was his bogey keep. Didn't he save two? He saved yeah, two. Saved of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, he's one of those, he, he's probably had this, the sweetest left foot I've ever seen, Leighton Baines. I mean, so about three kicks. The one at Newcastle at St. James's Park. You're not going to see a cleaner strike as that ever. Uh, yeah, the way he just, he literally, it, it was quite nonsense, I thought. Was it two or three steps, maybe? And absolutely blasted it in the top corner. Absolutely unbelievable goal. And as I say, I just think that over, you know, from other clubs outside of Everton, People don't understand the value of Leighton Baines. In the current market of peak Leighton Baines, you're talking, you're talking 70, 80 million pounds of anyone's money. And that's, I know it's, it's crazy at the price of that, but that, that's the level that he was at. He was that good. It's not like and, I, I did a, oh, sorry, Mike. No, go on, mate. I was just going to say, I did, I did like a, a stupid poll about, you know, you know, if the aliens came down, who'd, who'd play left back and right back and whatever. It was, it was a stupid poll. Anyway, and if you think, and I looked at the left back options. And I think Leighton Baines would be the... If Leighton Baines was in his prime now, he would be the choice to represent Earth in that concept. Yeah. Because yeah. I just don't think there's left-backs that quality anymore. You haven't got your Everest. You haven't got your Ashley Coles. You know, there was, when he played in the Premier League, there was such a good quality of left-backs. Now, not so much, you know. Manchester City, Mendy, not really, nowhere near Baines' level, really, let's be honest. And I think that that's, the, that's his, you know... Legacy is that he probably was. If he was came a couple of years later, he'd be even more valuable. You'd say Ashley Cole was always a better defender, wouldn't you? Arguably, that's what got him in the England squad over Baines. That he, he was so good defensively. Yeah. yeah. His athleticism as well. I think it was he, a bit more athletic, and he got up and down a bit quicker than Baines. But yeah, I think because he could defend one v one Ronaldo in his back pocket. That 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 was the the little the, you know the slight decider. But to have you know then two as your choice for left back, you can't really go wrong. And we obviously never won anything. <laughs> The thing is there with Cole, it's a worthy, worthy mention because Cole was nowhere near as good as him going forward, though. Now, I think Leighton, Leighton didn't get the credit for England, I think, because when he played his best years for us, like you said, with Pinar in front of him, Pinar was a footballer who wanted to link up and play one-twos. You know, when he, if I remember rightly, when he was playing for England, he had wingers that just ran away from him. You know what I mean? People like Sterling... Well, he played like Paul Scholes or Stephen Gerrard in front of him a lot of the time because we had that system, didn't we, where we were trying to squeeze all those midfielders into the four. Well, That's exactly. Right, sorry, Joe Cole's type as well, yeah. Yeah, and lastly, Sterling as well. So players that didn't want to sort of, come on, let's play little one-twos, things like that. You know I mean? Gerrard always wanted to come inside and sort of play, play in midfield. So I think Leighton suffered for England because he didn't get, you know, I can't really remember hardly any assists he had for England at all. You know what I mean? Um, he never really got in the final third. I think he had one bad game. I think defensively, I can't remember who it was against. But again, that if you if you're a player that people don't love, like Ashley Cole was part of, you know, she played for Chelsea. You know, them big club. They have a love for big club players, don't they? And I think Baines had one bad game, and he never really got back in consistently after that, which is just unfortunate, really. It's, and it probably, you know, sadly for Baines, he'd be remembered by Evertonians for years. But hopefully, fans of other clubs will remember him as well. Do you, do you think there's outside of Leighton Baines and we're going we're to sort of go on about other notable mentions? The the only ones that really that really spring to mind are Luca Dean is is one who you could you could argue will be. I mean, we, we discussed him obviously last year at length and, and how good he was, winning Player of the Year and so on. And we you know we thought we'd found the the person then to take over from Leighton Baines at left back hasn't been the same this season. And the the other person who I put in in the votes who didn't get. <laughs> I think he got one vote. Was uh, Andy Hinchcliffe? 
for those who obviously have been watching the Blues maybe a little bit longer and you remember how good his left foot was. So let's go back to the goal he scored against QPR late on to win the game 3 2 at Loftus Road. Was there a goal where he, I don't know, it was against Leicester or Chef Wed where it was a goalkeeper and balled it outside the box and he got the ball on the free kick and put it in the top, put it in the top corner while the keeper was out of position as well. He was like a, he was similar to Baines, except he just wasn't as good at all round player Hinchcliffe. And obviously Howard Kendall didn't rate him at all because he binned him twice, didn't he? When he came back to the you know, back to both times to the club. Yeah, Hinchcliffe was, was on my list. The other one was Michael Ball. I don't think we've probably seen the best of him forever. And he was had a lot of talent. He just came around at the wrong time when Everton were really bad. And apart from that, I don't think we've had anyone else who's even in the conversation, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Hinchcliffe, Hinchcliffe could put in a decent corner. Didn't he? He's in swinging corners. We scored quite a few goals from that during the Dogs of War year, didn't we? Do you know what I mean? Well, big dog in the derby, wasn't he? That was, that was the one that springs to mind. I think he made the England team while he was at Everton as well. So obviously at the time he was somewhat on the radar because he was doing well at Everton. I think he obviously played in the FA Cup final as well as our left back. That lovely yeah. banker kid. Yeah. So so we're I all think, agreeing. Just quickly, just I'm glad you mentioned Luca Dean. I don't I think obviously you can't. He hasn't played enough games for us, and this year his level is nowhere nowhere near last season's level. Um, but you know, as a player who came straight into the team. Let's be honest. He was he was head and shoulders above anyone last year, wasn't he? Yeah, comfortably so, and and he and he was right to win the Player of the Year award. You know, we thought he was he was very very good, and you know, especially going forward, his his balls, his crossing was very good. You know, putting balls into the box and and, and dangerous balls, very good. And you know, we looked like he had that recovery pace as well. It just hasn't been the same the same this season. But Luca Dean, you know, assuming he stays at Everton, he's happy. He's not gonna, you know, he he will improve and he will get better and and he will he will get to to a better level, no doubt. Um, but but he, all... he's right up there in terms of, in, in Europe for the stats as well, isn't he? He, he is, yeah. He's he's in he's in the yeah. is it is it I can't, I can't think where is it who scored dot com is it their their polls their rating and he's a left back with the highest rating, so it yeah. says it all, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, he's obviously still doing things right. It's just he's not as effective this season as he was last season. But but we're all it's unanimous. It's Leighton Baines is is in it at left back and. You know, it's, there's no one really came close. Leighton Baines received 93% of that vote, so that shows you how highly he's regarded by the Blues. But if we move to the middle of the defence, this is one which which I think might cause a little bit of discussion. So we're looking at two centre-halves, but I think it's really important that we look at how good they would be as a partnership, not just as two centre-halves, that's it. How good would they be together? Who wants to jump in? Pete, you go first, mate. Go on. I, well, I like to consider myself the authority on centre halves you know, <laughs> within the podcast. I have, I think I've proven me worth in the past. Um, so I've I've gone for Distan Jagielka, and it's not just because of the era in which they played together. I think going off Mike's point, they complemented each other extremely well, which is why we had such a successful defence when they were at the heart of it. I I can't think of a better pairing, and I'm happy. If someone thinks they can prove me wrong, because you can't. Sorry, Andy. Mine will be quick then. So I've agreed with that. Go on, Andy. You go. Oh, oh, the, right. So Jags is definitely in. And I, I always like to say to Jags, until he got that injury in 09, he was bordering on world class as a centre back. He was, he was probably the best centre back I'd seen at Everton in my time watching up till then. And Distan would be my third choice. Unfortunately, the person who's got a partner. There we go. Bit of pause. Got a partner, Jags. 
with David Watson, the ultimate captain, the leader yeah. amongst men. Now, as a partnership, I think the Jags are so good that he could have played that lesser role where he didn't have to be the stopper. And I think together he could have worked. And I think Dave Watson is just the leader that Jags wasn't. And that was the only criticism you could really have of Jags. Yeah, Evan, as he wasn't the leader people expect him to be. Next to Dave Watson next to him, that would be my choice. Yeah, I can see that. I think I didn't really see, you know, Watson, people go on about him, you know, sort of like, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And he was obviously a colossus, wasn't he? And, um, you know, he, he was an out-and-out old-fashioned defender, wasn't he? But, um, and obviously, look, captain, uh, FA Cup winner as well. Um, but I, I was I was toying between Distan and him, actually, as my other one. Jags, for me, was a definite. The thing is with Jags as well, I, I do agree he was massively underrated. He had a lot more pace than people give him credit for as well. And his recovery pace was... was you know, was 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 up there and um, pre-injury. I do agree with you. I think he was bordering on world class. And lucky for him as well that they had the likes of Terry and Ferdinand and people like that ahead of him for England. Yeah, I think I think Dave, Dave Watson. You know, I mean, I'll I'll let you know my two in a minute. But Dave Watson, considering again his latter years in the Premier League, you know, he he he'd done so much before after the club anyway. But Dave Watson at his age. I thought was tremendous. Um, someone who I remember fondly. And I was only I was only fairly young. So when we won the FA Cup, um, I was ten when we won the cup in '95. But I still remember Dave Watson. I remember when he came in as a caretaker manager as well, taking yeah. over the reins there. Um, as you say, Andy, his leadership was very very good. Um, so Dave Watson makes my side as well. To be honest, he, I think he's got to make my side. Now the, the the other person to make my side might might be a bit of a yeah. don't, don't do it, Mike. I know you're gonna. I think I know you're gonna say. I'm gonna go mad. Go on. Who am I saying? Don't say Lescott. Julian Lescott for me. Absolutely, oh, Julian Lescott. Absolutely loved you. I think that I think, one that one season. To be fair, that one season. Scored ten goals. Yeah, great. Yeah, that one season. I always said about Les Scott, though, he always was only good as you ever played next to him. He was never the leader of the back two. You know, and he was, for someone who people rated really highly, I thought if he'd have gone on and played next to someone who wasn't Vincent Company, he would have been a flop at Man City. I think he needed someone really solid next to him. I, I think he's he got that in Dave Watson. He's got Dave Watson as his leader, so don't yeah, worry about yeah, that. I get Dave that. Watson, just... him out. Julian Lescott, recovery pace, he's got a goal in him. He's not absolutely for me. For me, he was underrated. And now, what what happens with a lot of players when they leave the club? They, and you know, in certain circumstances, I was at Coventry that pre-season, two thousand and nine, and there was all talk. Lescott wasn't in, in the Everton squad when he played Coventry. I think Baxter scored that day in a two-all draw at the Rico Arena. Shocking ground, by the way. Um, but he he wasn't in the squad. There was all talk of is he going? Is he not going? I remember he played didn't he the first game of the season against Arsenal. And we got absolutely hammered at Goodison, and he was he was awful. Uh, or the you know, um, and when players leave under certain circumstances, it doesn't go down particularly well, and that sort of taints people's views on certain people. It's happened with a number of people over the years, and another person who could, I think, who's on my side, who could cause a bit of controversy is another example of this. Oh. But. I thought Joey and Lescott on his day was very, very good. Jagielka was, for me, it's, it's between Lescott and Jagielka. Distan was another one. It was in my mind. I, I love Sylvan Distan. You know, as a partnership, Jagielka and Distan were absolutely fantastic. Um, but just for me, Lescott is just just pipped. 
Jagielka and distance of after that. That's a big call. What you've got? You've got less. You've less. Got Watson. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's a shock for that. Here's your two counterpoints, Mike. Number one, Les got left in his prime. Distan, Watson, and Jags didn't. So it caused the perception that Les got left when he was still at the height of his abilities, I think. And the other thing is, when Distan came in to replace him, we never missed a beat. We were just as good. That's why, for me, he wasn't yeah. as good as people yeah. thought. But I understand for that two seasons he was there, he was excellent. Can I can I also add that Moyes played Lescott where not centre half left back because Joseph Yobo couldn't be shifted. So for me, if you know if Phil Jagielka was the main in that position, I I don't see how Lescott gets in over Jags. It's interesting you mentioned that actually left back because that's when we'd signed Leighton Baines as well, wasn't he? So he didn't quite trust Baines, did he? He thought he was a bit lightweight, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Baines well, wasn't yeah. even getting Baines wasn't even getting in the team then when Lescott was playing left back. So our, we had almost like three centre halves at the back there, didn't we? You, you can sign, you can sign, knock me down all you want, but this, <laughs> this is this is the kind of pick which is shown already with you three. It's causing massive controversy. I'm sure I'm going to get stick over it as well when I release these teams and when people listen to the to the podcast and so on. But you've got to think outside the box sometimes and think, okay, what partnership can work? And for me, that'd be a fantastic partnership. A leader, you got the pace, fantastic. What did the poll say? What did the public say? I'll tell you what the public said, Pete, when I when I pulled it up right there. The 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 partnership that was picked was Dave Watson and Phil Jagielka. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, so I think Stubbs, Weir, and Richard yeah. Goff. Probably all deserve yeah. a mention. They were all so, really solid for a time. I think Richard Goffer thought he was excellent, to be fair. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Joseph Yobo was all right for a while as well. You know, and said he's tired of shoelace against Charlton when he scored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yobo, Yobo was an athlete, though, wasn't he? He was an yeah. athlete. He was an athlete. He just he just made a mistake every uh, first yeah. But I think, I think I wanted to mention this stand there, though, because we signed Sylvan almost towards the end of his career. And with a view of maybe say, well, look, we'll get a few years out of him. And he he, he looked after himself, didn't he? He really did. You know, I mean, it, we ended up getting a few more out of year, a few more years out of him than I thought Moyes would have thought when we first signed him. I would like to say that as well as he was doing a part-time job as a milkman and getting up at half four every morning. So I think he's done really well to have a career as well in football as well. Yes, yeah. Sylvan, Sylvan, this and another one who was close to the list. The four, the four that I put out there for the selection was Dave Watson, who, who won the vote with fifty-two percent. Jag Yelke got thirty-seven percent, and it was Lescott and, and David Weir were the other two. Uh, Lescott was ahead of David Weir. Oh, so you didn't put this in. He was oh, close. He was nice close. Well, you know, you you say you, you need to you need to think outside the box. You can't just be. I don't know if David you know, Weir in the poll there. Anyway. What about Pierre Coulson? Have you thinking outside the box? Well, Pitt, well he, he he's he's so far outside the box. He wasn't a footballer, so we won't, <laughs> we won't consider Pierre Coulson for this particular poll. I could read, I could read that you, you two, Liam Pete, I knew you'd be picking this time, Jack. Yeah, okay, just just so obvious, so obvious. And Andy's just read what was on Twitter, so at least I've uh, thought about my own, my own too. <laughs> We can't we can't finish it and get on to right back until we mention as well, and it should be in just for this alone. That goal in the cop end from Jags. Unbelievable. He'll be dining out on that on the after speak after dinner speaker circuit for years. 
if you remember rightly, Lee, that was uh, that was my stag do. And was, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you, you and Pete, we, we all went to the walkabout and watched it. There was one one red, even Stan, and there was um the rest was with blues. You and Pete were in the hotel room because I don't know what you two were up to, but you, you you decided to watch it on the on the iPad in the hotel room. Um and but I remember when it went in. And for some reason, I think Arsenal were playing afterwards and the, the warm-up was tough with Arsenal fans. I just started going absolutely bananas because we, we were awful in that game. We, we didn't deserve a point. You know, we didn't deserve a point. And I remember it cut, it cut to that lad and he was in the main stand, that Anfield Everton fan. And he just stood up and just started applauding like that when the, um, when the camera cuts him. What, what, what a great goal. We had. That, that goes down at Everton folklore, doesn't it? I, I remember the... Uh, the Radio City comedy with that one, and it was it was it was sharp. He just went absolutely ballistic when that when that one went in. But yeah, great great memory. And the there, celebration but... as well, the celebration. Oh comedy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was brilliant, wasn't it? But uh, let's let's move let's move over. Let's let's complete our defence then, shall we? Let's move on to to right back. And is this another position that picks itself? I would say so. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. It depends. You think of really, doesn't it? <laughs> We're all in all in agreement, big Tony, big Tony, yeah. Tony a bit. Well, yeah, part time <laughs> part time footballer, part time fisherman. I think Tony so. Tony's career fell down because when I moved out the family enclosure, that was the decline of his career. Because I used to coach <laughs> him on that right hand side. I used to just give him abuse all game. Excellent <laughs> for that one season, and then it just went downhill from there. I love the way he used to run run down run as far as the halfway line, check, and then just give it square or give it back. Every time. His other move was he runs the halfway line, three steps does a step, and then just clip the ball long as soon as someone comes towards him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Having said that, that, though, Coleman's turned into him now, hasn't he? He has, unfortunately. But James Coleman's my pick anyway. I think at one time he was amongst the two or three best right-backs in the league. I don't think we can say that for many of the others. Obviously, you know, Captain Pip will probably be mentioned by some, but I think James Coleman is probably the choice. He was... Unplayable at times during that period under Moyes and under Martinez. Yeah, I think I think Seamus Coleman. He, he's he's got to be, hasn't he? You know, he was he, he came in. You know, as as the as the song says, sixty grand, absolutely nothing in in modern football. Um, I remember Moyes at one point said, "I'm put him on the right wing," and he was uh, never goes a game against Tottenham Goodison. I think that was oh nine ten, and he was he was just was that, was even that, then you could was see was his debut against Spurs. No, he was at left back against Benfica in the worst debut in Everton history. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that? God, yeah. Against the Let's destroy them. Yeah. Now, yeah, but if you, if, you, if you think back, even from early on, you could see he had something about him. He was a marauding right back. You know, he getting up and down the pitch, he could recover quite well. So we had, we had a really good balance, didn't we? With obviously. Um, Leighton Baines one side and then Seamus Common on the right hand side the balance was there but he just he matured into such a such a good player and you just you just think you know you look back at that horrific leg break that he suffered for, for Ireland against against yeah, Wales and you yeah. wonder whether that's that's what curtailed him because he, he missed a massive portion of the prime of his career really um, and he could he could have got better so I do wonder whether that that curtailed him a, a little bit but at his peak Seamus Coleman was was potentially the one of the best right backs in the Premier League at that particular time. There was there was a player I was going to mention as a bit of a wild card. I think I might get a bit of stick for it. Do you remember Matteo Ferrari? He's centre back, didn't he? He did play right back for us though. He was. Do you know what, Pete? I thought he was really underrated by the fans. I thought I was hoping we'd keep him on. 
Nick Dolby yeah. came out. He was really fast. He was rapid. Yeah. He was. He, he lived up to his name. He was rapid. Yeah. Where did we get him from? Was it Inter? We get him from Inter. Do you know we forgot to mention the Matrix, Marco Materazzi? Oh, I used to love him. Oh, he would have been for life at one point if he continued in the Premier League. But you know, he was a He went on to be a World Cup winner, though. He was and a Champions it. League winner. And the a Champions League winner. But he was crack as one. Well. He, he was absolutely. He was getting sense off every. Yeah, but we had him. We had him at twenty twenty one. Oh I remember yeah. Remember, used to watch, and it, and he'd, he'd go to he'd go to spray the ball out wide and just just Cruyff the centre forward. <laughs> he, he was so good. He was so good technically. But uh, yeah, we had him probably uh, when he was a bit of a wild kid. When he uh, well, he I think he always was wild. To be fair, but yeah, you look. Let's be fair. He went on to have a very good career in Italy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, as you say, one of those players. Yeah, go on, Mike. Sorry. Sorry, no. He was a World Cup winner, as you say. It's another player that we we've had for a short period early in the career. And if he would have hung on to them, how good could he have been for for the club and and in the Premier League? But we've had a few of those players over the year. But you know, outside of you know going back to right back, outside of Seamus Coleman and and obviously Tony Hibbert with a a little notable mention there. There isn't really anyone, is there? Who, 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 I put Matt Jackson in the in the the mix as well. Um, he was, but, yeah, he did. But again, no one's getting near the level of Seamus Coleman, are they, in terms of the position? Not Phil Neville. Phil Neville for me, I I put him as a notable mention as as a, a defensive mid. I've okay. got him as a notable notable mention there. We'll come on to that as well. But I think Coleman then overall his stats, yeah, two hundred seventy six appearances in the Premier League. 22 goals, so seven behind Leighton, and he wasn't a penny taker, so that's decent. And 22 assists as well. So that's, you know, that a modern-day fullback right there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And the, way, the worst part of his, of his game going forward is probably his, uh, his final ball. You know, how, how many times have you said that? I don't think his final ball is particularly good, but, you know, he's got a decent amount of assists there. Uh, but uh, you know, fantastic. I remember when he came back. Was it the game? Was it against Leicester Goodison? And he uh, after he broke his leg in his first game back. Oh, yeah. I remember that sprint he did. I didn't like, in the 90th minute, and he and he still obviously pure adrenaline had that the energy in his air to get back. And it was just that was great to just to just see him back. But I do I do regret on his behalf the fact that he suffered such a bad injury, and we yeah. we probably you know we could have been better better again and, and at a different level, but. Yeah, he he comes, he makes the team with with eighty eight percent of the of the uh, the listeners' votes as well, which is of no surprise. Um, but I think then let's let, let's let's move forward then to I've gone. I'm going to go centre mid. Let let let's look at centre mid. So I've gone for a two in my pick here. So two. So we've got four at the back, and I've got two in centre midfield. Are we all are we all agreeing with that? I went with three in centre mid just because I'm a Guardiola four three three man. But yeah, I, I think one or, one or two similar anyway. Okay, well let's let's jump in Okay then. So who's who's your one then? Because so we've got a, within our where we've got one, two, or three. There's going to be a defensive midfielder in there. Who's your pick for that defensive midfielder? Well, I've gone. I think which all of you will agree with is is Garner Gay, and a notable mention also for Gareth Barry as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Gareth Barry. That's good shows. Yeah, it, Garner Gay would be my one. I think I vastly underrated him when he was at Everton. I think it was a case of you know familiar over familiarity. I think you can pick you could have picked holes in his game. Yeah, of course you can with any player. But I think is is in terms of a ball winner. 
Onion and Golo Kante over the last five or six years, and maybe in Wales football, is on the same level. And I think we sorely missed him now. He was the linchpin of keeping the side together, you know, and stopping us conceding goals. And he's gone, to be, you know, a really excellent player for PSG this season. I think he's just a cut above the rest in there. And as you say, Gareth Barry is, a, you know, is a great mention there because he was, you know, such a consummate professional. He was at such a good level when he was playing under Martinez. Yeah, I agree with that. Gareth Barry's everything that Fabian Delph isn't. In the fact that basically we bought we bought them, <laughs> them, them similar similar age group, you know, similar age. Sorry, when we signed him, but I remember going to games with Barry when we were under siege, things like that, and the, he just never gave the ball away. He just never gave. He was so calm, composed, technically very good. Always seemed to pick the right pass. You know, and and he went on to make. You know, God knows how many appearances. He started as a young lad at Villa, didn't he? More of an attacking midfielder. And then obviously became, you know... Centre-back and then defensive midfielder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I, you know, in the small snippet we got him, he, he, he very much impressed me as a footballer anyway. What are you saying, Pete? Yeah, I've got Garner as well. as one of my uh, central two. Mike, same? Yeah. I, I toy with this one for a little while, you know. Because um, oh. oh. there, there was there was a couple a couple of thoughts. Gareth Barry was was one of the standouts, and and I had so many so many thoughts because I think back to him and James McCarthy, and together in that that thirteen fourteen season, they were absolutely terrific. And Gareth Barry went on to to, to be even even better. And when when we lost when we lost him when we sold him, we missed him. He he, he was that good. I toyed. I'll, I'll wait for this one because I think that this this Federer also could play elsewhere, and he was a massive massive favourite of mine. But I think after thinking about it for probably quite a bit of time, a decent gay gets in there for me. And like you say, Andy, I think I think we we underappreciated him when he was here. Do you, th- do you think as well Lee Carsley deserves a mention? You know, obviously got Thomas Graveson and moved to Real Madrid because he's got a ball dead, and they got them confused, of course. <laughs> and he obviously scored one of my favourite ever Everton goals, the Carsley Derby yeah. goal. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Of Lee Carsley, another player who, when, when these players go and we look back, they're so underrated, aren't they? Lee, Lee Carsley was very, very good at what he did, and and he was also in my thoughts as well. And um, I know, I know some people, some people might. I, know, I got loads of people saying to me, Thomas Gavison, Thomas Gavison, and for me, he doesn't, he doesn't fit fit the criteria. It was talking about an ultimate Everton eleven. It is one for you, and I really liked him as well. It's Olivier Decor. I think he, he was a very good footballer. He was great, yeah. Yeah, but it, we signed him and Niarco at the same season. I remember Niarco, we won't talk about Niarco in this conversation, but mm. I, I do think you could see Decor had class. I think you could see it from a young age when we had him, and obviously he went on to have a good career, uh, obviously with Leeds, did well in the Champions League with them. And then obviously went lastly to Italy, didn't he? And did well, did well in Italy as well. He was a good player again. He, he you know, if you think about it, Everton had been able to add any money at that time, you would have had a reasonably good squad, you know, with being able to keep him a Matarazzi around for much longer. Because obviously Walter Smith came in, spent money on some good players. Let's be honest, they worked out to be good players. But then Peter Johnson pulled the pair of strings, and that was it. Then we had to sell them the very next season. So yeah, with Decor, it's very unfortunate we never really got the best out of them, really. Another player as well, just to mention in this this sort of more defensive centre midfielder role, who I think again wasn't appreciated at a retired age of twenty eight, 
and that's Joe Parkinson. What an absolute I'm saying, what a what a great player. Uh, Joe Parkinson is in my midfield three. I love Joe <laughs> Parkinson. I think that Joe Parkinson was on the verge of becoming a really, really good Premier League midfielder at 24. You know, when he had that cruciate injury, that was it then. But he was on the verge of an England, I think he got he one England call-up maybe. And he was just, he was becoming a really superb all-round midfield. He was one of the best players apart from Konchelskis in that team that finished sixth under, under Joe Royal. And for me, I, I, maybe it's fond childhood memories, but I just think he was an absolutely superb player. And it's a shame that he never got to obviously continue his career. Obviously, he, might, he probably would have went elsewhere, but he was so good at the time. I, I really, I really like Joe Parkinson. That's yeah, that's a good, good shout, good shout. I think he was very much box to box, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, literally could break up play, link play. He had a bit of everything. I think. I think he was a pre-injury. He was very, very good. Um, just unfortunate with his injuries. But I, I think it's also worth mentioning there, you mentioned him at right back, is, is Phil Neville. Because, like, you know, for someone, you know, if you look at his United career, I mean, what he, what, he, what he won in a very good team, you would never typically say he was an out-and-out top footballer. But as a professional and as a captain, I think he was very good for us. You know, Moyes' pet, little, pet, little pet boy, you know, everyone used to rinse him for it. But I think he had a lot of respect for the players at the time. You know, Tim Cale loved him. Arteta loved him. You know, and didn't. Vandermeer didn't. <laughs> but you know, in terms of setting standards, setting standards, and you know, professionalising the team, I think he was a good signing for us. What game was it? Where it was against Manchester United. I can't remember the results, but he came. Either he came on, or it was middle of the game. We weren't doing well, and he dropped kick Ronaldo in the chest and changed the time. That, yeah. was, that was the one all where it was a flaming yeah. equaliser, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. And he absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, I think it, it sort of changed our season, that tackle. Yeah, it was yeah. talk about a, a momentum change for, for the game and the season. And that was that was Phil Neville. And, and I, I agree with, with, what, with what you both say. And again, I think he's undervalued by Everton fans. You know, he came from United. Like you say, yeah. he was David Moyes' pet. He was a teacher's pet. You know, we used to tweet all the time if we win, if we win today, I'm having a Kit Kat chunky and all stuff like that. You know, <laughs> But I, I, I really warm to Phil Neville, a model professional. He give gave you absolutely everything on the pitch, and and he and he had and he, he said this since since obviously he retired from football that when he moved from United to Everton, he wanted to show them how good he still was. And I think that that, that four all at, at Old Trafford again, he had he had another. You know, he did had a half decent game. He led the side really well, and it was all you know. Phil Neville was was absolutely full of heart, great determination, resilience, and everything that you want. In an Everton captain, so definitely, definitely, you know, needs a mention there. Um, he was a leader, was, wasn't he? He was a leader. Yeah, you could hear him. You go to games sometimes. You could hear him on the pitch screaming at players, couldn't you? He was. He was our last. He was our last leader. Do you think one with him is the bad memory is the the Wigan game where he was just absolutely god awful in that game. And that's so Everton to be fair, but that was his last performance. Uh, Last game, I think, for Everton, because I actually tweeted at the time, if he ever plays for Everton again, my season tickets get ripped up. And thank you, David Moynes, you didn't force me to do that. But, was that yeah, the 3-0? Again, yeah, the way he, he yeah. obviously back-passed it from McManaman, and then oh, a minute later, trying to take a step on his, on his instep and just put it straight out of play. So that's my cat. They put it straight out of play. So, yeah, I, I think Phil was good. I just think that, I think, you know, Garner was such a above a level that we've had in that position. We're all in agreement then. So Garner's definitely the one sitting. Yeah, Garner's yeah. in, and obviously Andy's already mentioned there that he's he's thrown Joe Parkinson in his three. Yeah. So if we look at then, our, I've got two in my my centre mid. 
Um, so I'd have a Zise doing a bit of a uh, the defensive job, but obviously with the legs. And I've then got another someone alongside him. So who? Well, I'm going to put mine in first for a change. My pick alongside the Zise guy, the gay, is Mikel Arteta. The, this, this is not even up for discussion. Now, people, people will say you played yeah. the best football on the right hand side. Now listen, Mikel Arteta orchestrated things at Everton when he played centre mid. He was absolutely terrific. Another player who suffered a bad injury at um, at Newcastle, who, who you know it could have been even better for us in that FA Cup final two thousand and nine. He was fit, but listen, what what a player Mikel Arteta was. Still yeah. on his Arteta. Yeah. I've got the same. Garno and Arteta in the middle. The thing I, I really liked about Arteta was he had a bit of grit. He was really hard to get off the ball. I thought he was clever. I thought he was really strong because I think when we first signed him, um, and I know he had the Barcelona pedigree and he'd had time at Rangers, but he, he was quite a slight bloke, wasn't he? He was quite um, slimly built. And I think initially maybe that's why he found himself out on the right-hand side so much. So I think the fact he was able to come into the middle and do such a good job is really to his credit. I think it shows what actually what a good player he was. I think that's a great point, Pete. I remember when he first signed him from Rangers, and I remember his debut quite well. And he did get bullied; he got he got knocked all over the place. And we're thinking, oh, who we signed here? Obviously, a Spaniard. It doesn't look like he's up to it. But you could see snippets that he had the technique and things like that. And then, obviously, he adapted to the Premier League and then went on to be one of our best players. You know, for me, technically one of the best players we've had. Never mind just in the Premier two League. Two million, two and a half million. Yeah, it was about two and a half mil, yeah. Yeah, we, we he came, didn't he, in the January to replace Graveson in 06 and oh six, sorry, oh four, oh five. Well and he he took a while to sell, but I remember by the Palace game, I think we won four nil. He was he was making the side tick fire then. I think under Moyes he was shifted out to the right because of his slight build. And I think as as I think as Pete mentioned or Mike mentioned, the, he was really good at keeping hold of the ball. I think at one time he was the most foul player in the Premier League because he could he could shield the ball so well and he was so lightweight that people would push him over quite easily. And I remember that goal at Bolton where he broke free from the field, shifted it, shifted it from his feet and smashed it in the top corner. He was just such a good player. And for me, one of the darkest days as an Evertonian was the day that he left for Arsenal. I think I remember sitting in work, head buried in, in my desk at the time. And he is yeah, my totally, choice, by the way. Totally agree with that, mate. If you, you see clips of it now, and you, you know, it's probably maybe uh, not, not the best example, but you look at someone like David Silver, a similar build, you, you know, you can't get the ball off him. You know, every time you get close to him, he just sort of spins around him. And Mikel had that. He had that. As soon as you got tight to him, he just, he just pirouette around you every time, wouldn't he? You know what I mean? And, and he, he was so good at manipulating the ball. Um, you know, obviously decent from set pieces, though it kind of waned a bit towards the end of his time at Everton, where he was starting to get a bit of stick for his corners and things like that. But, you know, he, he scored some... I mean, the, the, obviously the most memorable goal he ever scored was the Fiorentina game, when obviously the yes. roof came off, when he just picked up the ball in midfield there, you know, and just absolutely... What a strike that was. You know what I mean? Right in the corner. Um, and what a player. He, he has to be in any... Any start at 11 for me. Surely to God he's won the poll there, mate. Yeah, I mean, again, there, there was there was questions over um, Mikel Arteta's include well his inclusion, but he, he was he was comfortably comfortably ahead in the polls. So he just was trying to pull the uh, the poll up because, as I say, mentioned Joe Parkinson already, and, and obviously Gareth Barry, and they they're the two who for me were were very very close to getting in in this particular side, but. He, Michael Arteta was was by far and away, he was miles clear in the uh, in that particular poll. 
Don't I know. had two more as well. I'd like to mention. Oh, sorry, Rick. There, I say, I say, it was miles clear. So, sorry, Andy, just to jump in. It's gay was miles clear with forty six percent. He won the poll. Um, Michael Arteta was 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 then comfortably second, and then Barry and Joe Parkinson were the other two in the in the poll. And who do you want to mention there, Andy? I'd, I would like to mention Gary, number one, Gary Speed. I thought he was excellent for Everton. I think yeah. he was an unfortunate yeah. time, and obviously got you know got rest of soul. But he was an excellent player. I think. It's a shame he didn't play in a better side. Really, he was all great all around midfield, scored goals, could break up play. You know, really tough, good leader as well. And the and the other one is, you know, Leon Osman, who's another one who suffers from probably staying on a bit too long. I think he was really good for Everton. He scored a lot of goals. People would be surprised how well, well he did at times as well. So they were the two I wanted to mention. I think that Arteta suffers slightly because there was a lot of rumours at the time Valley left Everton wasn't so good. So yeah, maybe my two other mentions. I think yeah, I think Gary the, the Gary Speed one out people were called calls out for the Gary Speed one yesterday and that was another one he he was he was so close to getting into that but but Leon Osman is, is one who I thought you know and I know he, he did, didn't make the the final the final four there but he was one who you could argue could be could be in that because again massively underrated the thought he had very very good feet what let Leon Osman down was the fact that he had he had no pace at all if he had a little bit of pace. Then he would have been a much better player, and be, yeah, be yeah, a bit really more hardy Yeah, really quick feet. Uh, you said that you know, scored some absolute, some absolute top goals for Everton. The one that I remember, the great move where Pino back heeled it to him and just put in off the post, um, outside of his foot. I'm glad you mentioned Gary Speed actually, mate, because I think he was he was a good player in a poor team. Then I think you know he was he was definitely all round box to box, great in the air as well, massively yeah. underrated. Yeah, he scored loads of headers. Um, and I've, I've got a couple of other mentions. Osman, I've got written down here. Um, Fellaini as well, playing centre mid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fellaini's definitely a mention. And um, we'll go on to obviously discuss the other midfields as well. But I think for a time as well, certainly for certainly that one season, I've Ross Barkley as well as centre mid. Another one, I think Ross Barkley was a very effective Everton player. I, by the way, I carry the torch for Barkley amongst Everton fans. I think he was vastly underrated. Don't be wrong, he should never left the way he did, but he was such a he was such a good player at what at one time. Yes, he was flawed, of course, but it, it's a shame it never worked out for Ross. How it should have done. I think there was a lot of pressure on him because he probably is the second best player we produced. You know, apart from the you know the aforementioned Wade Rooney. Um, but yeah, I think Barkley's well worth a mention. I think I think Ross Barkley as well. You know, thinking about him, and even now the way he, the way he plays for Chelsea, when he doesn't think about it, he's very very good. When he has too much time, that's where that's when he falls down. And and you, you know you've seen him recently for Chelsea. He gets gets a lot of stick because he, he does. You see things that he was doing at Everton that he are now still in his game. You know, two, three, four years later at Chelsea, which is which is the thing. But Definitely worth a mention because he gave us in that 2013-14 season. He, he looked very, very good in it, and a very, very good young young side playing with with a, with a massive amount of freedom. I'll never question Ross Barkley's ability, but I think it's about his consistency and his attitude and his application. That that's what lets him down. If you had the ability of Ross Barkley with the brain of Phil Neville, you'd have a, a machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's right. It's right. Are you right? Uh, so, look at Barkley there. The right, 119 Premier League appearances. 21 goals, 18 assists. And in that season, you talked about, Mike, I think he got eight goals, eight assists that season when Lukaku played well. And I think him and Lukaku linked up brilliantly at times. And, you know, if you look, if you look at a back catalogue of Ross's goals, he scored some absolute worldies as well. 
Manchester City goal where he curled it in and uh, oh, Newcastle. Newcastle. The Norwich one is first goal where he shifted. Yeah, free kick against Swansea. Yeah. And Newcastle, the famous one where he the full length of the pitch. You know, very two footed as well. He scored some belters with his left foot. I think his first goal for us wasn't it in the Premier League. Norwich, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, left foot. That was another left footer. Um, you know, I think it's just a shame that you're right. I think one of those players that didn't quite have the intelligence because you know, if if he'd have had sort of you know Arteta's brain or something like, then you would have been talking about a very very special player. I think. I always say Leon Osman would have been Barkley's size. Leon Osman would have been the best midfielder in the Premier League. I think that's how good Osman was. It was just he never had that physicality. If you look, yeah, you know, you look, he had really good feet, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, the, these these kind of players, the the good thing is there's so many to talk about and so many worth to mention because I think we have we have brought through. Some decent players over the year from the from the academy and so on, and it's it's good that they, they are forming obviously a decent part of the discussion. But let's you know, we we've done the sense of the park and he's one player ahead here because he's he's got his, his four three three. But let's go over to the to the left hand side then, shall we? So whether it's you've got an attacking three, uh, whether the they form part of your midfield, and in terms of that left hand side, yet again, surely there's only one pick, surely unless you're Andy. Oh, it's the Stephen Pina. Okay. <laughs> I think he was really unfortunate to probably play on the wing. I think he was a number ten. I think he was a number ten who played on the wing. I think Moyes obviously, you know, obviously we had a certain player there. I'm sure someone's going to mention in a minute. But the, I think Pina was just such a superb technical football. I think he was streets ahead of many many in the teams, intelligence wise, positionally. I just think he was a superb player. It's a shame he left and then had to come back because he wasn't quite the same player. But yeah, Stephen Pienaar for me. Yeah, I, I loved Pienaar. I think for me, he came at a time where Everton had been really physical, hard to beat, not playing particularly attractive football. It was like he, he was the player for me that brought football back to Everton. Uh, you know, clever, could go past someone, uh, could link play. Didn't score that many. Um but for me, it has to be Richarlison on the left-hand side. I just think he's he's that good, even though he's not played that much football for us. It has to be Richarlison. <laughs> he's what, not playing to Head of peanuts? Yeah. Just lucky it's a lot better. That's controversial, that. Have I only He's got isolation fatigue here. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think Richarlison will go on to be, if we keep him, an Everton great, by the way. I do agree with you there. But I just don't think he's played enough games to be able to say that. It's basically one and a half seasons, really, isn't it? And I think if you look at Pienaar, if you were going to throw something at him, yeah, his end product in terms of assists and goals probably wasn't high enough. But if you look at a lot of the players who've played with him, they all talk about how good he was. So many players. I think Moyes used to do a vote every season, didn't he, of like, you know, uh, he, he, was, he was the best footballer, he was the best technician, he was the best passer, whatever, like an internal thing where the players voted for it. And Pienaar just won it every single year for the best footballer in the club. And I think, you know, uh, I, I watched a video recently where Coleman picked a five-a-side, his best five-a-side team, and Pienaar was in it. And he said the stuff he did in training, you know, Ajax Youth Academy, Ajax Youth Product, he said he used to just make people look stupid with, his, with nutmegs and everything. And he was, so, you know, again, someone you mentioned before, Andy, about getting fouled. I mean, he used to win so many fouls, didn't he? He'd just manipulate the ball around you and just get pushed over every time. Um, uh, just a top footballer, wasn't he? Top footballer. Uh, let, 
let's just go back to Richarlison for a moment because all, all I'm going to say, I know he's been playing uh, up top for us as well, but already he's far eclipsed Stephen Pienaar in terms of Everton goals. It's not all about goals, though, is it? It's what you bring to the side. <laughs> people, people <laughs> you've got you've Michael Owens type of thing to say that goals goals win your games, but yeah, I just think the PNR with that special relationship with Leighton Baines, you know, we were lucky to get him. Let's be honest, if he hadn't had such a bad time at Dortmund, we wouldn't it wouldn't have been in our price range. I think he was such a good sign. I think I, I do agree that Richardson. I, I will say, you know, I I, I, I have been critical of Richardson in the past. This season, he's gone up another level. His all round plays even better, and I think by next season, he's going to be a real, real talent, like a real top player. So, he is going to be on the list. I just don't think he quite makes it yet. You, you've gone right down in my estimations here because the the surefire pick for that left hand side. I'm going to talk about balance here. It's got to be Stephen Pienaar. You've got the best left-hand side in the Premier League from so, so many years ago, and you're not picking Stephen Pienaar, one of our most gifted ever footballers. And I love Richarlison, by the way. I think, But I think Richarlison is much better as a striker in a two. He, he does come into discussion shortly, but but he, he, he for me, is much better with Calvert-Lewin or whatever in the middle. Stephen well, Pienaar. Stephen Pienaar. <laughs> Was after David Peters don't even come in. Not all about goals, as Andy just said. The ability of him, he should he should just should walk into into any side, Pete. And all this discussion and slagging me off over Julian Lescott, and you're not putting the PNI in your side. Have a way with yourself, son. Well, look, we're not even onto the other wing yet. But just, if you just mute him, mate. I'm gonna have to walk out and have a break because <laughs> I, I when I look at this team sheet, I just can't get my head around how, how you wouldn't pick. The same two wingers that I've gone with, and Richarlison's one of them. Can I just oh, mention you... Anders Limpar? By the way, I think he's a, he's another yeah. before his time yeah. player. I think he was a ten again. Unfortunately, just as the English way, never played his proper position. I think he was a really good player, especially with the person I'm going to pick on the right. I think with Anders Limpar, whenever you saw him, he was always smoking. On the he's a player. He's a player. To be fair, though, in a sort of quite diminutive, like uh, like uh, Pino, but. Again, very good technically, wasn't he? Very slight player. Sort of used to just you know sort of glide past people, didn't he? In his part, and he could spot a pass as well. Um, but I just think, yeah, he, he's definitely worth a mention. I also wanted to mention, maybe not off off the left, but uh, you know Peter Beardsley as well. You know, yeah, certainly playing in that sort of you know, he was more of a ten though, wasn't he? Than obviously left hand side really. But you know, the, the couple of seasons we had Beardsley, you, you could see how much of a special player he was as well, wasn't he? Did I notice that you put Killer Kilban in the uh, in the, the poll? Yeah, yeah. People were happy. People went ahead against the three foot right back. He was terrible. Listen, he's not on my team, is he? Richarlison doesn't come into the discussion on the left hand side. He comes in elsewhere. Kevin Kilban for me, he, he was more consistent than you. Oh, mate, you should be nowhere near that poll, mate. Listen, Kevin Kilban was a utility player, could play in various positions. He was good in the air, great work rate. A he was terrible in the air. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was good in the air. Watch, I'll, I'll, send you some, I'll send you some clips over. You can have a little watch. So you and Pete can get together. He was awful. Watch them. He was awful. No, he wasn't awful. He was definitely worth a shout. Of, uh, and definitely well, an he's on the same well, same ilk of Kevin Kilban. Wow. Honestly, I'll get you some clips from Kevin Kilban, and we have another discussion uh, next week. Well, let, 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 let's 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 move swiftly on because I can't wait to hear Pete's 
right winger now after that discussion. Let's let's well if it's not it's not because he's shaking his head. So the, the uh, let's move on to the right hand side and who have we all got on that right wing or, or part of the the uh, right hand side of the front three. Look, I'm going to go straight in because there's, there's no contest here. Andre Kanchelskis. Yeah, that's that's that's. I'll be a unanimous pick. I thought you were yeah. pick Jerry yeah. for the second, and I was just going to cancel the call. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree. I've got Kanchelskis as well. Yeah, so have we I. Did, yeah, we did. Well, how, did we, how did we get him? By the way, as well. How did we get him from United there? Did, did you know, when he's the Russian marble, was that when he moved to Fiorentina? It was one of the two. He, he was such a great player, though. I remember it was his debut against Southampton, and he, and he scored two goals. He just was unplayable. Yeah. Like, imagine him now for Everton, you know, on that right hand oh. side, scoring 20 goals a season. He was so good. And yeah, he was just a, a shame for him that he probably came 15 years too early for his abilities because Everton played 4 4 2 when probably yeah. should have played as, a, as you know, a 4 3 3 right winger. 100%. He would be the classic wide forward now, wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. Yeah, literally, left foot, right foot, could score outside the box, good in the air, scored some great headers. You know, and what a player he, what a player he was. Um, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be say, Kevin Kilbannon in the air, though, would he? <laughs> oh, you haven't got, have you got Kilbannon ahead of Kinchelskis in your team? <laughs> no. Who no. cheers at Kevin Kilbannon? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kilbannon's in this box room with me now. Did you bet on them on Dancing on Ice? <laughs> Listen, though, the, the, the right hand side is it picks itself. Yeah, Kinsjelskis has got is the outstanding pick. He got sixty five percent of the vote. Just going back to the left, by the way, Pete Pienaar ninety one percent of the vote. Never get never getting doubted. Stephen Pienaar. That's because you didn't put Richardson in. No, Richardson. Richardson's on the, in the right hand side vote. Richardson came second with thirty percent. As we said, he, he's definitely you know worth a mention. And then say. 12 months, two years, he's someone which could very, very much form more of a discussion on that, on that particular side. But someone that I want to mention, because on his day, was very good, and that was Kevin Morales. Look at Andy shaking his head. I think for one or two seasons, he was really, really good. He was, and when he, when he fancied it, he was excellent. Then he, then he had that period, I think it was the West Brom game, where he took the pen off Baines. It just, it just became this malcontent who... I don't know. He was—he's so talented. He just didn't. Again, he probably just didn't have it between the years. Really, he was—you know—he was obviously people said he was the Belgian Ronaldo at one time. And I remember—I remember the last day of the season, Moise's last game against West West Ham. He just ran rings around the whole game. He was outstanding, but he just wasn't consistent enough for me. So it's a, it's a no from me. Yeah, I don't think, as I say, I don't think he he would make the side. But I think on on his day, and like you say, when he when he wanted it, he was he was very very good. Look look, look back at that goal he scored against Stoke. When he got from his own half, and he had that in his locker, didn't he? And again, that 13 14 season with, with obviously you know, the Kakus and Delafeu and Barkley and what have you. Again, he had some real games in that particular season, and, and he's, he's someone who I think definitely is, is worthy of of, uh, of being mentioned. And, and again, with him, as we've seen with so many players that we've mentioned already, a lot comes down to consistency, but also attitude. And his attitude, it, it didn't seem to be particularly good. There were stories, you know, later on in his Everett career about him and Snyderland having the fallout on the uh, on the training ground and being sent away, and obviously that's all being being disputed. But he's definitely someone who you will question when it when it comes to attitude. But anyone else worthy of a mention? I've got Landon Donovan. Yeah, mm. great show. Not great a lot of show. games, but excellent great when he show. came for those two periods. I think 
really the uptick in Everton's form when he turned up for those two brief periods. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't have moved from Malibu, let's be honest, but he was so good at the time. And I think he just deserves a mention. He's not in the real conversation, but I think he deserves a mention. It's such a shame we couldn't get him on a permanent. He was. Yeah. He, he was. The two loan spells he had, I do agree with you. Very, very good. Goal threat. Good crosser as well. Very good crosser yeah. of the ball. You hit lovely flat crosses into the box. Um, I think that's a really good shout. Uh, the Morales one's an interesting one, Mike, because I think a player who his ego got in the way, really, because he had he had a lot of ability and... It's just such a shame his attitude was just was just not 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 on really because you know he he scored some great he had a really good run remember we had that a decent run in the in the in the Europa he was decent then as well wasn't he I remember him scoring did he score away at Wolfsburg I think he did didn't he yeah, yeah he was he was, he was fantastic that game against Arsenal which I think all we fondly remember on the Martinez yeah. that was probably yeah. he was so in in Naismith and and McCarthy was so good in that game together you know. He could have them days, but then he could have days where he just strolled around. I remember, I think we were down to 10 men, or we were getting absolutely murdered in the derby, and he just was the only player. He was just running rings around Liverpool, and he was the only player trying, I thought. But again, it was just inconsistent. But yeah, I think Morelos definitely deserves a shout, I guess. So let's let's move on then. So the right-hand side's boxed off. There's a clean sweep with, with Kinsielskis, and he's got one pick left. We've got, with my side, I've got a false striker slash number 10, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Liam, Pete, what, what, what are your formation? Have you got two up front? Have you got one up front? Have you got one behind? Yeah, I've, I've got a 10 and 9. Lee? Yeah, same. I've got someone uh, just, just playing off. and I'll say my two now. So, up top, number 9, no question for me. And again, you know, maybe maybe some people obviously you know, sort of lost a bit of respect from the way he left, but it's got to be Romelu Lukaku. Absolute beast of a player. You know, you look at his goals now. Oh, I'm sorry, his goals for us. You know, it's, I think that that season we we had him before he went. He got 25 that season, and obviously went on to United. Just uh, what a player. I mean, look, missed missed a load as well. So God knows how many he could have got really. You know, and he missed some crucial goals for as well. Obviously, you know, the, the famous one against United in in the semi as well. That was a big miss. But if you look at a, you know, you look at his goals now, his catalogue of goals for us. He used to score some absolute worldies, didn't he? He, he? No one could handle him. He was an absolute animal. Once he squared you up and he was running at you, you couldn't stop him. He's my number nine by, by a lot. I think Evan were lucky to get Lukaku in a lot of ways. I think if Jose Mourinho wasn't such a crank, I think he never would have got him for that value. You know, that value. And he was so good. I think he's 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 up there with Kinshelskis for me and Baines as the best three players of any uh, Everton Premier League era. I think he was yep. fantastic. I think he's gone on to prove, you know, in Man United it was a bad misstep because again Reno was there. But I think when he went to as he's come to Inter now under Conte, he's been excellent this season. I think he is a top level European striker. And as idiots used to say behind me, Dunks is good enough for the Champions League. Well, yes, he is. Yeah. Well, he scored he made, he scored seventeen goals in Serie A this season. Yeah. Seventeen goals in arguably the hardest league to score goals in as well. Do you know what I mean? And he's he's got all much more to his game, you know. He, he he can pass. I know his first touch was not the world's greatest, and that was what was levelled at him. And he wasn't the most hard hardest working striker, but he just made Everton such a threat. I remember the goal against Man City where he ran the whole length of the pitch and clipped in the corner. He was he was such a good player. That Arsenal game again, he was played off the right that game. If you remember rightly, he was so good. The Chelsea goal and the Chelsea goal better on a one on one than Lukaku. You know, if ever he got through against the keeper, you just knew he was going to score. 
Is he, is he yeah. your pick, Pete? Is he as well? Is he, is he your number nine? He's my he's my striker, yeah, and I've got a a, t- a ten in behind him, well, which I, again for me no contest. Thank you, isn't it? I mean, no, no, no. I'll just I'll just give you my number nine then before we uh... just say it, Mike. I'm getting off. <laughs> I don't, Mike. I, again, I, I wrestled with this, and and the, the Lukaku one's a funny one because Lukaku is most definitely most definitely stands out. His, his goal scoring record is absolutely incredible for Everton. You know, and you could argue in obviously a side which at the time Bath was a thirteen fourteen. We 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 weren't we weren't fantastic, and and he still scored, you know, so many goals for us. Um, so I, I wrestled with Yakubu. Someone said I, this to me, and I, and, and I thought it was crazy. But someone said to me Yakubu was better than Lukaku. I was like, mm, really? But he was very good. He, he had that one season where he scored twenty one goals, Yakubu, and. He, he was. I remember going to game numerous times, and, and players would just bounce off him. He was a big lad, don't get me wrong, but he was so good with the ball, his feet like doors as well. Anywhere in and around the box, people bouncing off him, he'd get a shot away, and he was dangerous. The one thing which I think let him down, and also someone else, Louis Saha, which let Louis Saha down, because another, I think, I thought very, very good finish. He's so gifted. Yeah, top, Injury, top injury, injuries killed the two of them. You know, Yuki had such a, once his knee went, that was, that was him done. Uh, Saha, you look at Saha's, he was with us for, say, four seasons. And he only started, it was 10, 10 games in 08 09, 26, 9, 10, 14, 10, 11, and then 15, 11, 12. So he's not starting, you know, 30 games a season. And that that's what, what killed these players because they they were the two which came into my mind. But Romelu Lukaku has got to be, has got to be the pick as the number nine for the sheer fact that he scored scored the most goals and, and I thought looked good uh, doing so. People will always question again, attitude and he go away with Belgium and he's open his mouth like, like they all used to do and say he wants us to go here and there and what have you. But Romelu Lukaku, he look at his goal scoring record. There's no there's no there's no coincidence now uh, that he's he's playing at a top Italian club, banging the goals in and and he's he hasn't well he's coming in up to up to his peak. So yeah, very, very gift you know gifted player. Um, so that was yeah. I did wrestle. I did wrestle with it, but I just thought I couldn't. There's no way I could leave the cackle out. Why did you leave Kevin Campbell out the votes? I was very upset. Very upset. as the super Kevin yeah, Campbell. Campbell. Very, very upset. I, I, the reason. The reason for it is, and Campbell came in and, and had this. You know, his his impact was 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 phenomenal, wasn't it? When he first came in, was it nine goals he scored when we first got him on loan and kept us up and so on. And I was just—I had to look across the board and think, overall, ability-wise, who would I, who would I want in? And he just, just for me, and Campbell was great, but another player who we were looking at, sort of the back, sort of you know, a little bit older maybe, he just didn't quite get it. But definitely, you know, he saved us. He saved us. So for that that reason alone, I'm sure he comes into many people's thoughts, well, and that's that's the only reason behind it. Not one of us, not one of us, is mentioned. The iconic number nine, either. Paul Ryder. Don't Don't Paul Ryder. I would have picked Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> well, I think Duncan Ferguson's a good striker. But Ferguson was in the vote. I, th- I think he's more iconic than he is a great, one of our best. I think Ferguson was, at times, he was unplayable in certain games, especially in derbies. He came up big in derbies, but too often injured. The style of play we had to play to suit him was absolutely god awful. And I think 
as well as, and I can guarantee that the next player out of all of your mouths is going to be Tim Kale. I'll just say my piece on Tim Kale now. Exactly the same. Iconic more than great. Tim Kale couldn't pass or dribble to save his life. He was a good player forever. He worked hard. He was a nuisance, scored good goals. But then two in the same category for me that the beloved because of the attitude and this and the, you know the, the you know the aggressiveness and, and what have you not. But actually, they were the best that we had in the league. That's controversial. I do agree with you on Fergie, though. I do agree with you. I think he was more remembered as an icon than as a player. I think I'm glad before we come on to the Cahill one, which is going to be interesting. I think Sahar has to have a, definitely a big mention because I think Louis Sahar was a top player, a top top player, and I think we got him obviously post United, but as an all round striker, left foot, right foot, great in the air, pace, great touch. You know, he had the touch that Lukaku didn't have with his back to goal. You know, didn't he score five in one game once as well? I'm sure he did, didn't he? Four or five in one. The Blackpool game, was it? Yeah, and he he just, you know, like you said, the injury stopped him from going on, obviously prolonging his career for us. But when he was fit, he was unplayable at times for Everton. Alex Ferguson said that he was the biggest player, the most regretful, because he was the most talented player who never worked out for him. He said he could have been a really top striker if injuries hadn't took hold of him. Yeah, well, I remember against United, I think Fulham had just come up and he scored a hat-trick against him, didn't he? And then I think obviously Fergie straight away, like he was this lad here and obviously went on to sign him. But I think Sahar, you know, top forward, just we didn't quite have him at the right time. Yeah, that most most definitely, you know, that, that, that's why he was in. He was in my boat. He was he was a massive, massive talent, Louis Sahar. And again, it's a lot about time, isn't it, with, with players and sometimes you get them at the wrong time, sometimes it's too early, too late. Injuries with with certain players, and and Ferguson was in that category. Big Duncan had his fair share of injuries, you know. Uh, I couldn't leave Ferguson out of the boat because he is yeah he is iconic. There's there's no two ways about it. Is is he legendary? It depends how you want to define legend. Not an Andy's not an Andy's case. This is good. You took it wrong. He, he provided many great memories as ever at against sorry against Man United in two thousand and five, ninety five I think as well ninety six as well. Iconic goals for Everton. You know some of the greats you know, were past the great nights. I remember his last game where he missed the penalty and put it in. You know, don't be wrong. He was you know I did, did love Fergus and it's just that I, I just think that there's a, a tendency to overrate him slightly. But that, that's fine. Everyone's got the different likes and dislikes. And this is the thing though. Isn't it? Because obviously with, with Ferguson, the way he played out with him, how, how he's still at the club now, you know, he takes over the, the side for so many games. We had the Chelsea game, you know, in December, and you know, it's pandemonium because it's Duncan Ferguson and he's so highly thought of. And that's what keeps it to people's minds. But then you look at other players, like to say, like Ross Barkley and say a Phil Neville and maybe even Arteta for some, and and, and Lukaku as, as another example, where they, they leave a sour taste in some people's mouths because of the way that they played out or where they come from or what these things that they've said. And it always comes into your thinking, doesn't it? But um, like you say, with the, the one player missing, because your team's now complete, Andy, um, and you've missed it, the one player which I'm sure the three of us have all picked, and that's, that's Fellaini. Sorry, sorry, Tim <laughs> Kale. <laughs> that's, that's Tim Kale. I haven't got. I've, I've got my new Fernandez. How many you? You liked him, didn't you, Fernandez? I really liked him. I thought he was a top player, by the way. Who just again, we didn't. The weird only Everton. What wasn't he in? Wasn't he in the players' boxes and that raised his sign and then he disappeared and went to Valencia. Yeah, yeah. I remember he had some weird clause. He was at Portsmouth first, wasn't he? And he played like yeah. six games. They had to pay twenty million for him. And 
I think Harry started sweating to so stop playing, and then he came to us. And obviously, my memory of him is obviously the the, all, uh, the game against Manchester United, where unfortunately lost four two, but he scored an absolute world class finish in top corner. Yeah, it was my twenty first birthday that it was a sad day. Chris Eagles. Yeah, mate. But also, do, do you remember Chris Eagles? Do you only remember goal, only goal ever scored for United? By the way, Chris Eagles was that goal. <laughs> I know. I know. Go back to Fernandez though. There's that, there's that lovely clip of Fernandez when he put the whole Arsenal midfield on their backside as well. He he, he had great feet, didn't he? He, he, he what a player! I mean, he, he's almost wasted his career, his, his career in Russia, hasn't he? You know what I mean? A player that's just never been heard of. Uh, of but also, yeah, we're going back. Strange ownership, wasn't he? He was owned by about two or three different sort of sports conglomerates. Yeah, that was it, wasn't yeah. it? Fair party ownership yeah. at the time. Yeah, the player before he's obviously waxed lyrical about Tim Cale. It's obviously Everton's greatest ever academy, you know, man, Wayne Rooney. And obviously yeah. he didn't have a long time at Everton, obviously he had two spells. But obviously we missed out on possibly could have been our greatest ever player. We don't know that for sure, but what a talent. And, and obviously that goal at Arsenal will forever be remembered. 100%, mate. I toyed between that, even though he only had a short spell with us, uh, twice. I, I toyed with um, him over Cahill, but we didn't quite get his most productive years. But you could see, obviously, from a very young age, he was a very special player. And he was a, he was a man at 16, wasn't he? 16, 17, he was a man. He was bullying people as a 16, 17-year-old, and as well as having the technical... One of my favourite goals, which I think is underrated for him. So I used to go every single year with my dad to, to Ellen Road, and we used to lose to Leeds all the time. And he went there, and he, I think we hadn't won there for years. One of these mad records that was like something like fifteen years or something like that. And then when he, when he got when he picked up that ball there, I think he spun round past Eric Backer, just a little flick round him, and then just past uh, Lucas Radaby and put it in the bottom corner. The away end just went nuts, um, and that showed you in a, in, a, in a little nutshell how good he was, wasn't he? Just a super, just a super talent, I think. I remember when he was when he was fourteen. There was calls for Moyes to consider playing him in the first team because he was so bad at the time. But he was that 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 you know that good. I used to go to a lad in school with a lad who played with him in the FA Cup Youth Cup final, Michael Symes, and he always used to say that he was just absolutely out of this world in training. He was just so good, well ahead of his time, and he deserves a mention. Obviously, I, I understand why people picked him. Ken, I let you three wax lyrical over the you know the Aussie, so I'll, I'll let you do that. Well, Mike, well, you going first? You love. I, I, yeah, I absolutely love Tim Cale. There's no question that he, he would get into my side. But I'm going to do, come on to Cale in a second. And as much as a joke earlier on about Fellaini, Marwan Fellaini for me was, was very close to this. Now, I love Fellaini. I've got numerous shirts in the loft there with Fellaini 25 on the, on the back of the shirt because I went to Wembley in 2009, full kit, full kit W, so you could say, with the wig on, similar build. And I was, I remember some fellow approaching me thinking I was Fellini walking down Wembley Way. I think he was on something because it was about an hour before kickoff. Why would he be walking down there? But I was going anyway, to say, mate, you were, you were an afro away from looking like him. You're the same well, height as well. I remember, I remember uh, going to Evil Park one time and it was, it was Baltic. I had, the, I had the wig on and I remember it got, got, uh, got whizzed off my head. Maybe because it was a cold night or whatever, yet I don't know. But that, that got robbed that night. But Fellini was very, very good. Obviously, Sensor Mead, he did a good job there. He sort of came into his own, didn't he? When he when he got put just just behind the striker, when the flick ons holding the ball up, he, he at times you look at the games against United and City and so on, and he was unplayable. In, in especially in the bigger games, he was so good at what he did. 
that 2012-13 season, he scored 13, I think 11 goals in the league that season. He was just unplayable. Obviously, I think that caused Jalovic to lose his, you know, his, his bluster that season because we changed the style of play. But he was so dominant, every ball into his chest, spin-off pass, he gets score great goals. I remember we were, I think, 3-1 or 3-0 down against Villa at Goodison Park and he just brought us back into the game. We got the 3-3 draw. I think that was where Johnny Heisinger was exposed by Ben Teche that day. But, yeah, he was such a good player. And I think, unfortunately for Fellaini, I think that was his best position. I think a lot of managers have misunderstood how to use him. I think he hasn't probably had the career he should have. But, yeah, Fellaini, if I was going to pick a 10, would be my choice over Tim Cale, just because of his all-round technical ability and his ability to change games. But, you know, I understand why people pick Tim Cale. Well, he's another one, though, isn't he, where... He he left went to United. Obviously, Moyes, Moyes took him there with him when when he went, and there was all this, you know, offering thirty million pounds for Fellaini and Baines, and in the end, he paid thirty million pounds for Fellaini. So when he came back to Goodison, he was given a load of grief, and again, that sort of blights people's opinions on on a player because of the way he left the club. But looking at what he did for us, he he was absolutely exceptional, wasn't he? But I think I, I've included Kale for the same reason, really. For me, Kale was a match winner. And I know Fellaini did that for us time and time. I mean, how many times did Fellaini, you know, score an important goal with a header toward the end of a game for us? But for me, Kale would just, just had more intensity uh, about him. Um, and I think he was more of a handful. You know, teams would actively look to face us and try and stop Tim Kale from playing. I mean, Alex Ferguson would say openly, wouldn't he, hated playing against Tim Kale and Liverpool as well. And I, I think it's so good to have a player like that in your team that you know the opposition are going to be so worried about and would be helpless to stop you. You know, how many times do you see T- Tim Kale score from a corner and you look at the opposition and think, how have they just let him leap above two defenders that are like a foot and a half taller and get it in the net? How have they allowed that to happen? But time and time again, he just had this ability, didn't he, to be in the right place at the right time, aggressive, he was just so good to watch. I, just, I loved him, Kyle. I totally, totally agree, Pete. I think you've done a, a great eulogy of his, his, his career there. I, 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 think, I think Tim made the absolute maximum of his ability. The absolute maximum of his ability. And I think P. Neville, P. Nev quoted once saying, of all the players he played with at Everton, in terms of attitude, he would have been the one that Fergie would have been after him for, just purely on his attitude alone. I think that he, he was... He, as I said before, he made the absolute maximum of his ability. Came to Millwall, did very well at Millwall. Obviously, went on to uh, the FA Cup final with them. I think he scored in the semi to get them there as well. Yeah. And I think we signed him, or Moy signed him, and it was one of those times. I think at the times it, it was like an underwhelming sign, wasn't it? Okay, we've got a lad from the Championship here, you know, an Aussie lad. But I think 226 games, 56 goals. And 22 assists. I think that says it all for me. That says it all for me. I think, I know what you're saying, Andy. He wasn't as gifted as your Pinars and your Artetas. Far from it. But in terms of like, in terms of scoring, like you said, Pete, in important games, other teams were absolutely, you know, every time he was on the team sheet, you'd be scared of him. Scored in so many important goals. And also as well, a notable mention for how good his, how good his international career was as well. I think, didn't he score some like, how many goals did he score? Did he score like 50 goals for Australia? It's almost one and two. Is his national record. In, in, in a very average team. And, you know, he, he scored obviously those the, Australia's first World Cup goals against Japan. You know, that volley he scored against Holland. I mean, that is, you know, we've just been criticising his technique. I mean, that's, 
that's up there with Van Persie levels, isn't it? That enough you know, for crossbar. What I would say about Kale is he, and the, the key word to describe him, he was an, and I think people said it well, he was an absolute nuisance. You just didn't know where he'd end up. You know, I think I remember. I think it was. I think when we played Liverpool three times in in the derby in a couple of weeks, when Goslin obviously got the win on the replay. I think the, the league game, he got fouled by Yossi Benny Unit near the touchline. The ball came and he scored the goal to get the draw in the game. I think that was. I think the, the abiding memory of Kale as well. When I do, even though I do criticise his ability, I, I think he did score so many important goals. And I think I remember the overhead against Chelsea. We lent pushed yeah, off John Terry. You know, all those great headers against Liverpool, Man City, I remember, got a great headed goal as well. He did score great goals and obviously an iconic celebration, of course, as well. That's never been repeated. But, yeah, for me, I didn't pick him. And I do have, I think he's slightly overrated by Everton fans. That's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm a different different type of thinking fan, I guess. But, yeah, he was a good player for Everton. There's no doubt in that. I think, I mean, I can't sum him up any more than what Liam Peter said there. But all I'll say is Tim Cale was the epitome of Everton Football Club under David Moyes. And that, that's as big as a compliment as I can nearly pay him. We were limited in, in obviously, certain areas. We weren't the most gifted of sides. But that, that nucleus of that side, whether it be Kale, you know, like to Phil Neville, Arteta, people like that, that was what it was all about. And, yeah, Tim Kale, for, for a fellow of his size, was unbelievable in the air. He was a pain in the backside. You know you were, you were in the fighting chance if he was on, if he was playing. And he was he was someone who when when he left and, and went to the states that was it one who I sort of sat back and thought wow you know what 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 a, what a player to let go but he he for me was another one who who, who could not be in my be in my side. Well, but, he's a, he's an iconic name in world football, isn't he? I think that's the biggest compliment. He's an iconic name. I think Kay is one of the only players at Everton who even though that last season he was he was completely finished as a Premier League player by that last season he was there. Yeah. He's the only one who's really endured even a, a bad period, I think, maybe because he is so iconic to the fans. And as Mike greatly said, he did represent the club, the character of the man. I remember when we when Andy Johnson scored those you know, those goals against Liverpool, he held Xavi Alonso on the floor while the play developed and just things like that. He was just that little gnat. And, and obviously, we just love Snides at Everton. I think he was a bit of a snide as well. So that, that, I think I understand why people t- picked him, Kale. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's it, isn't it? And you know that, that what 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 a way what a way to finish on on one of our our best ever Premier League players, and I'm, I'm sure Andy agrees that that, that is the case. <laughs> but no, what, listen, was the poll? what was the poll, mate? The, the, Tim Cale was sixty um, percent of the votes for that position. Wayne Rooney was second with twenty three percent. Peter Beasley, like you mentioned before, Lee slotted in with twelve percent, and then Fellaini got got five percent. Um, so there's a bit of a mix there across various. Areas of the club there, uh, but you know the four sides that we, we we brought up there have brought about a, a decent discussion there and a few a few little shocks, one more so than the Charles over Stephen P and I on the left hand side. But Pete, Pete, I'm that's, that's, that's your opinion. But Andy, thanks for coming on, mate, and it's uh, really enjoyed the chat today. Really yeah. good discussion. You know, we don't always agree on everything, but it's it's nice nice to see you and nice for you to come on. No, I'm yeah, glad mate, to get that's see you again, mate. And and that's us for this week. So we, we will be back again at some point over the next say two or three weeks with another another special. Thanks for listening to us again. And most importantly, look after yourselves and stay safe. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. 
One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.